0: Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And welcome back to a whole nother week of Minutes of Ghostbusters. I'm excited about this week. How about you, Brady?
1: Very. Very much. Got some really cool stuff going on.
0: Yeah, uh, we're going to do episodes uh, 45 through 49 this week, and uh, I think we've got some fantastic stuff going over the show notes for what happens in these minutes. I know today, especially, I found a lot of stuff. I wasn't really expecting to uncover the treasure trove of notes that I did today, but uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in here. And hey, what am I pointing at right here on our recording desk?
1: You are pointing at the book. Ghostbusters, The Ultimate Visual History by Daniel Wallace. Which
0: you just got in the mail the other day. I did. I took a look at it. Have you
1: Have you looked at it yet? I have, yeah. It's amazing. I've been really looking forward to getting my hands on this thing because uh, not only as a Ghostbusters fan is it like one of the most informative pieces uh, that I've ever seen. It's just an amazing book. It's yeah. so well put together.
0: I think for my birthday this last year, you got me that alien companion book. Yeah. And that thing is just like intimidating. I get through it and I go through like maybe two or three pages and I just get scared of it and put it back. This looks like about the same level of depth to this one. Uh, it's just you're flipping it through the pages right now and I'm looking at it. It is. It's it's uh, not just Ghostbusters, it's the entire Ghostbusters franchise up into the 2016 Ghostbusters Answer the Call. Uh, and I'm looking right now, you've got some uh, pictures of terror dogs, which we're going to get into this week, and the statues that influence them. And one interesting thing that I saw in there, uh, you know, there's some notes on that I've got later on the um, where the inspiration for the terror dog statues come in, mm-hmm. and there's some pictures of foo dogs in here. Do you know what foo dogs are? No, no, I don't. So you know when you go to a Chinese restaurant and they have these like lion-looking things outside? Those yeah. are actually called foo dogs. They're not lions, they're dogs. And they have their hand maybe like on a little ball or something. Yeah, their front, yeah, I'm their familiar forefall. with those. Yeah.
1: Now that uh, you mention
0: them. A lot of people think their lions are actually dogs. So there's a little bit of uh, the Chinese restaurant uh, trivia. That'll be on our new podcast, Chinese Restaurant Minute, coming yeah, soon. Where we really go around, looking forward to that one. We go around and have try General So's chicken from place to place around the country. There's actually a really good documentary about that on Netflix. I think it's called Searching for General So. Really? It's fantastic. It goes around all these different Chinese restaurants and kind of gives the evolution of Chinese uh, restaurants in, in the United States and how they got here. But anyway... I'm making myself hungry right now because we aren't too far away from yeah, dinner. Yeah, yeah, stop that, stop <laughs> yeah, that. got to stop that. I am going to turn to Slimer here in a minute. Well, hey, do you want to go ahead and get into minute number 45? Let's get into it. Because they got a lot to go through here. Minute number 45. Now, in the previous minute, Vankman delivered the results of the investigative research into the name Zul to Dana. After doing so, he asked her out on a date, which she agreed to. Minute number 45. After successfully landing a quasi-date with Dana Barrett, Peter vankman walks around the fountain outside of David Geffen Hall and spins around emulating a roller skater that is seen on the left-hand left hand side of the screen. At 4507, we cut back to the Ghostbusters headquarters where we find Ray Stance showing Winston Zedmore how to use the containment unit. Ray tells Winston that the containment unit is where they store all the vapors, entities, and slimers that they trap. At 45. 34, after showing how the ghosts are contained, Ray recites the line, when the light is green, the trap is clean. Egon can be seen on the left-hand side of the screen working on something that appears to connect to the power system for the containment unit. Ray makes a point to mention that this is a custom-made storage facility. At 4538, Janine informs Vankman that there is a man from the EPA waiting in his office to speak to him. Janine tells Vankman that she does not know what he wants, and that she has been working for two weeks straight with no breaks, and that had promised to hire her some more help. Venkman tells Janine that someone with her qualifications would have no trouble finding a top-paying job in either the food service or housekeeping industries. And thus ends minute number 45. So at minute number 45 here, we have, um, uh, it starts off, uh, you know, with, with the continuation, or the, actually it's kind of the bookend on the last scene, where Peter went to meet Dana and say, hey, this is Zul, this is what we have on it, do you want to go out on a date? And we just kind of pick up there at the very end, where he's kind of celebrating, spinning around the fountain. Yeah. You, you know you know my story? Yeah, I do. Okay, I guess I'll go ahead and tell this. When I was a little kid and I watched this movie, uh, I saw Peter spinning, but I also saw the guy spinning on the left-hand side of the screen. And being a little kid, I figured what was going he's
1: wearing orange, too. He's,
0: they're both wearing orange, and they look like maybe they're kind of the same, right? Uh, the, you know, Peter's wearing that orange jacket. I figured that that guy was shooting another version of Ghostbusters and was in the same shot and they were shooting them at the same time. In my mind, what I figured was that they shot international versions of movies, maybe like race swapping. So maybe this was like uh, the version to come out like in Korea or something like that. And this is the Korean equivalent of Peter Venkman spinning around the fountain. The connections your mind makes when you're a child and the way they stick with you is crazy because... I, I carried this around with me for my entire life. And then I think one day you and I were watching it together, and I kind of like put my hands in my pocket and slid back on the couch. And I was like, you know, every now and then you like to say something embarrassing about yourself. Just mm-hmm. keep yourself grounded. And I said, you know, when I was a little kid, <laughs> that was like the South Korean version of Ghostbusters getting shot on the other side of the fountain. Turns out that's not what it is. It's just a guy on roller skates. Well,
1: you know, they could have made sense on one level. Because way back in the day, uh, they used to shoot different uh, versions that's right. for foreign markets of the same movie. And they would do them. Not at the same time, literally, but around the same time, there was a uh, version of a Spanish version of uh, Dracula from the Universal Monsters series. Uh, you know, the one with Bella Lugosi. Well, right. there was one being shot with Carlos Villarreal and Lupita Tavar. They were actually shooting in the same sets, but at night. Well, the movie is, from a technical standpoint, yeah, uh, st- eh, a technical standpoint, far superior. And so, um, I, yeah, I guess on one level, you know, if you had heard that as a kid then you, it would have made sense. So that could make sense in a way, but yeah. I guess as like a four-year-old, you're not going to know that Uh, that was possible. So whatever.
0: I I guess in my young mind, I thought that there was like racial equality as far as these movies and the casting yeah. goes. And I figured, oh, for different markets, they just shoot it with the people of that nationality. So I don't know, the young eyes of a child. So, uh, so the fountain that he's spinning outside of, I think I incorrectly called it the New York Philharmonic on a couple of shows, but the, the New York Philharmonic plays at the David Geffen Hall and I have a little bit of history about it real quick. Uh, let's see, the fountain that Peter spins around located outside of David Geffen Hall in New York City, the facility was originally called the Philharmonic Hall and was renamed the Avery Fisher Hall in honor of a philanthropist, Avery Fisher, who donated 10.5 million dollars to the orchestra in 1973. In November 2014, Center, Lincoln Center officials—it's in Lincoln Center—that's where David Geffen Hall is—announced that Fisher's name would be removed from the hall so that the naming rights could be sold to the highest bidder as part of a 500 million dollar fundraising campaign to refurbish the hall. David Geffen, who you know owns Geffen Records, yeah. part of the SK—he's the G in the SKG for you know, Spielberg. Uh, Kratzenberg and Geffen as far as um, DreamWorks Pictures goes. Those are the three original owners of it. He owned the music publishing side of it. Uh, He donated $100 million to name the hall after himself. So the facility was renamed David Geffen Hall in 2015. Uh, The first Lincoln Center's buildings it was the first of the Lincoln Center's buildings to be completed. And uh, I say this is important because the concert the first concert there was a Leonard Bernstein concert who of course was the did the score for Ghostbusters. So the New York Philharmonic and a host of uh, operatic stars such as Ellen Farrell and Robert Merrill uh, did the first concert with Leonard Bernstein that was aired live on CBS. Wow, so A little bit of a weird connection there, but yeah, now it is known as David Geffen Hall, but at the time the shooting of shooting the film, it would have been Avery Fisher Hall at the Lincoln Center. So
1: There you go. Yeah, so this is the first appearance we get of the the containment unit. That's right, yeah, and you actually hear, um, this is coming from someone who was a fan of the uh, the cartoon growing up, but yeah. you, like all of the sound effects that you're hearing associated with the containment unit is uh, also used in the cartoon, so it's just, I don't know, kind of it, a strange little callback. And
0: it's interesting that you bring that up too, because the containment unit on the cartoon was notably different, it was much, much, much larger. Which they actually tie
1: into the fact that in the movie, it's been, you know, it exploded uh, whenever Walter Peck shut it down, so... That's another cool little thing that how they they tie the cartoon into the movie. So
0: yeah, and every now and then in the cartoon they would actually go into the trap. Uh, I mean, into the containment unit. Excuse me, and it was like this other dimension where they would hold the ghost. It the was grid. very weird. The grid. Yeah, I'm sorry. The grid. Uh, so in the scene that we see whenever Peter Vakeman is talking to Janine, he's wearing the same suit he was wearing two That's scenes right. or a scene earlier where he and Ray hired Winston on the spot. And you can tell that Winston's wearing the same clothes just without his jacket yeah. and Janine's wearing the same clothes as well. So it looks like they just dropped that, that uh, scene where he was meeting Dana in there to kind of break up the monotony. Because without that, there's no real connective tissue. It'd just be kind of a bland scene where... Winston just goes down, and they're immediately saying, "Like, all right, here's how the trap works." Yeah, it was a good move. Yeah, I think so as well. So this scene serves the it serves dual purposes. It shows what happens when the ghosts are busted. Uh, you know, we kind of been seeing them, you know, so far that they've been walking around the traps, so and now we know where the traps go. Uh, but it also sets up what is eventually going to be the foil of the Ghostbusters later in the movie when Walter Peck comes in and shuts down the containment unit. Uh, so we you know, we see that Ray makes a point to say, "This is also our custom." Containment unit that we designed ourselves, thus giving Walter Peck a reason to be there to say, "Okay, this is not some sort of industry standard. The EPA needs to come in and, and, you know, and see this thing." Which I kind of feel he probably was in the right to say. We need to make sure this thing's
1: operating as normal. So the scene serves two purposes there. You you can also see like um, almost the irresponsibility on the Ghostbusters part of how this thing is uh, operated. It because um, it links right over to just like a simple, I don't know, power unit on the wall that yeah. Egon's inspecting. And whenever the uh, repairman goes to shut it down, that's like exactly, that's, that's all he does. He yeah. just like flips a lever on it or whatever and boom goes the dynamite.
0: So imagine that in the earlier scene in the Cedric Hotel, whenever uh, Vankman's stream was too long, if he came down and like, you know, blew off Egon's head. There probably wouldn't be anybody around who really knew how to disable or dismantle this unit if, like, maybe the Ghostbusters went out of business and they had to shut that thing down. Like, it's all the guild secrets are kind of kept in Egon's head, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly, which could easily be prevented by the Environmental Protection Agency. Right. So there's a whole other argument for you. Um, The way that uh, Ray is showing uh, Winston how to operate it is like every job I've ever been to that has this kind of like monotonous. Yeah. You know, element that I'm going to be doing. I don't know. It just it really rings true, uh, and yeah. I, I used know.
0: to work a job in a um, an NBC affiliate. Uh, and we had to catch movies or like you know uh, videos or TV shows off of satellite on a big beta tape. Yeah, like the live feed. Yeah, and it was the same way when we actually would repeat what they said on Ghostbusters. It was a big red light and a big green light on the Mm -hmm. tape decks, and when you put it in and you were deleted it, you erased it. It would say, when the light is green, the tape is clean. (laughs) And that was the actual saying we had to repeat all the time. And I say it to myself in my head all
1: the time, not just at that job, but now here. Yeah, with any any situation that that uh applies to yeah you anyone always finds himself saying light is green trap is clean yeah e- even when it's not something
0: that involves lights or traps at all it's just that's, kind of like if did i finish a job yes the light is green yeah. the trap is clean <laughs> that's
1: part of that like universal language that people they just adapt phrases like that and yeah. they use and i'm actually going to get into that in one of the upcoming minutes uh but yeah that's that's funny that this movie just kind of bleeds over into your everyday life and uh in that simple way yeah you start picking up those catchphrases yeah so that's pretty much everything that i have for this minute do you have any more notes yeah, Peter just being such a jerk to Janine and saying, like, you know, oh, you could find a job in a uh, top flight job in the house cleaning or food service industries.
0: It's so, like Peter, she's not legally required to be at this job. She could literally just walk out on you yeah. right now if you say something insulting to like that. And then, where would you be? You'd be answering the phones imse- yourself. You
1: guys be overworked. Exactly. And what she's saying, you should be afraid of anyway. Yeah. Going on, what is it, two weeks without pay or something like that? And then, you're, which is highly illegal. And then you're Was well, it two weeks without
0: pay or two weeks without a break? I really can't remember. If Um, it's without
1: pay, that's a problem. I wouldn't
0: show up if a
1: paycheck didn't show up. (laughs) Either way, man, without a break, still. Yeah. But, um... So, but that's Peter Venkman for you, just you know, not really thinking things through.
0: All right. Well, that's all you've got. That's all I've got. We can go ahead and move on to minute number 46 tomorrow. So, folks, join us again tomorrow, Tuesday, for minute number 46, where we're going to get the introduction of uh, one Mr. Walter Peck. And speaking of which, we are going to have a guest host with us this week on our Wednesday episode, minute number 47, uh, a friend of ours. Just yeah. a, fr- a friend from around the block who's a huge Ghostbusters aficionado. Told you and I when you do Walter Peck, I want to come on and have some th- and, and and air my grievances with Mister Peck.
1: Right? That's exactly right. Yeah. So uh, for actually, it's for minute number forty-seven that he, he's going to be here. It's the second half of the Walter Peck scene. But um, he re- specifically requested that minute and didn't tell me why. But he okay. said, yeah, he's got this uh, this argument that yeah. um, Peck might be in the right. So be sure to tune in for that, Minute 47. Yeah, our friend Chris is going to join us here. Maybe he'll wear his Ghostbusters uniform. You think we can talk him into doing that? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't even have to ask him. Okay. (laughs) He'll show up anyway. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Again, we'll be back tomorrow with Minute number 46. And uh, again, Chris will be here on uh, Wednesday for Minute number 47 to talk about Walter Peck. All right, folks. For Brady, this is Kyle. We're here to remind you that death is but a door,
1: time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at ghostbustersminute at gmail.com and visit us online at ghostbustersminute.com, facebook.com slash ghostbustersminute, twitter.com slash gbminute, and look us up on Instagram at ghostbustersminute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Nautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.